right guess who's back major league baseball is back tonight we have survived and we have major league baseball tonight yanks nationals dodgers and giants later on also back another episode of on a couch in delco as always i'm tom with me my co-host mike what's up everybody on this beautiful mlb opening day Baseball is back, and it's not only the sign of Major League Baseball being back, but we've talked about it, the four major sports. They're the always, you know, we've seen soccer is back, and, and certainly uh, the international clubs are back, but Major League Baseball, one of the big four in America, also one of the big four in Philly, is back. So the one thing that's not back, the fans, so the, the season will start with empty stands, maybe a good thing. Uh, the Giants are playing the Dodgers, so we won't have any Giants fans getting stabbed at Dodger Stadium. But it's okay because baseball's back. We can enjoy it on TV. But, Mike, how pumped are you for not just the games tonight because I think this is something that transcends beyond Philadelphia sports and really has that – you know, this is, a, this is big nationally. So I think every Philly sports fan is going to be tuned in tonight. But how psyched are you for having Major League Baseball back? I, I couldn't wait. I mean, I, I think I sent you about 10 text messages yesterday with all the MLB futures I was, uh, I was putting in. Um, it, it, it literally took my entire account that I had on uh, DraftKings. I think I had $125-ish in there, um, and it is all on MLB. That's, uh, that's a hint, hint to, um, to what we're going to see later in our, uh, in our quick little episode uh, today. But, yeah, it's – it's awesome to see sports back. I, I'm not going to say real sports like everybody else is doing because you know, and you are too. Um, we are soccer fans, so I, I have been watching that. So real sports to me has been—it's been back what almost a month, a month and a couple weeks now with uh, with the MLS back, and before that the Prem, and even before that um, the Bundesliga. So it's great to have the American top four sports back today. Um, and then uh, in a short while, a short week, we'll have the NBA and the NHL back as well. That's right. And just as you're announcing that, Mike, the first pitch by Scherzer was thrown. Uh, it was a ball, and baseball is back. Uh, Major League Baseball is officially back. back. It is officially back and, and super psyched. So, everybody, listeners, listen, we're coming to you Thursday night just as the Nationals, Yankees, are uh, kicking off. We're going to give you an action-packed kind of rapid-fire episode today, only because we've got a lot of things that we want to cover. We'll do it action-packed, rapid-fire style, uh, and then we want to get to watching some baseball because sports are back, and, and certainly we want to enjoy it. We want to have our uh, DraftKings or FanDuel uh, apps open. I think it is FanDuel that has some risk-free betting uh, now through tomorrow, so you can watch the games with your app open. As, as Mike said, he has a bunch of future bets out there, but Take a bet, take a flyer on on each game, certainly. But uh, yeah, super excited to have uh, Major League Baseball uh, back in action tonight. For sure. Now, the only bet, and I'll do this as kind of an aside thing because I got a ton of bets to talk about later on. The only bet that I was kind of disappointed that I couldn't find um, 
was who would hit the first home run. I, I, I wanted to bet on an actual name. Um, I, I wanted to put money on Giancarlo Stanton um, to, to hit the first home run against Scherzer tonight, but I couldn't find it. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I was just looking in the wrong spots. Maybe I was down the shore for a week, so I didn't really have uh, access to FanDuel. Um, I guess I could have ran over to the sports books at the uh, at the casinos, but once you hear all the bets that I have in there, I'm pretty sure I covered all of my other bases with all the uh, all the MLB futures and of course our uh, our fighting Phil's bets uh, for this week. So I, I I know you have a couple bets in there, Tom, and we'll talk about them later. But that was the one bet I was kind of disappointed I couldn't find. Yeah, and I did see it early on in the uh, in the FanDuel app so i did see you had the opportunity to bet on first home run um but uh i guess at this point uh we had our first uh base hit of uh the baseball season sorry everybody this is uh this is totally distracting with uh having major league sports and trying to do the podcast <laughs> but we're doing the best we can because we do want to bring you a couple for sure we're, we're going to talk there's a lot of news mike has a, a trip down memory lane he maybe wants to start with and going back old school and collecting some baseball cards. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about your card collecting journey there? Yeah, so uh, way back when, when I was a kid, I mean, me and my dad, th this isn't even an exaggeration. We had to have close to uh, – I would say on, on a very, very, very conservative estimate was a half a million cards. Um, that was one of our big things as father and son. We used to love going around and doing the baseball card shows and buying a box of cards. Now, but the only thing is these new box of cards, they're very, um, they're a lot smaller than I remember. I remember buying a box of cards, and like 300 cards came in it. I was sitting there ripping open packs for, for hours. These ones only took me, uh, I bought three boxes, two football and one, uh, one baseball. Um, and it only took me about a half hour to open all the cards, but it was fun. It was very interesting to see how the cards have changed. Um, now the boxes I got, the first one I'll talk about, I got a uh, leaf draft box. Um, so it's all the M uh, all the MLB, all the NFL rookies, um, from this past draft. Um, and you get two autographs. So those are the ones I'll talk about. Obviously I got about 15 different Joe Burrow cards, uh, I got about four or five different Jalen Hurts cards and basically everybody else you can think of. I got um, the two autograph cards. You get two um, basically guaranteed autograph cards. Now these cards could be anybody from Joe Burrow all the way down to you have no idea who it is. Like the first one I'll talk about is Austin Mack. Now the name kind of rings a bell. Uh, I'm not sure who he was drafted by. Um, but, but that's my first autograph card I got in that leaf box. And then the other one is a name. Uh, I'm not sure if I brought it up in our draft preview episode, um, but I did talk about Alton Robinson. I like basically all of the Robinsons in the draft around the fourth through fifth round. Uh, this Alton Robinson, he actually got drafted by the uh, Seahawks. So I was actually happy with that pool. It was a pretty good autograph pool. Right now it's only worth about 15 bucks. Um, on eBay, but but as we know, the the defense in Seattle's pretty formidable. Um, so this guy has a chance to kind of be a riser um, in the next couple years. Now, I did have a MLB box, really nothing to as no uh, to note in those boxes. Um, I, I didn't really get time to go through them all. 
Um, I did. I only got out of all the cards. Uh, it was 88 cards I got in that box. I got one Phillies card, and that was Gene Segura. Um, so I was very surprised at that. But I'm going to move on to my uh, the score box I got, the NFL box, uh, score 2020. Um, the I think it was 100, yeah, 132 cards in this box. Uh, so I got some pretty interesting cards. You're looking for really gold outlined cards in those, and all these other ones like huddle up. They have uh, inside the stats. They got deep dive. Um, they're really game face cards. They're really really cool cards. I got a bunch of those. I got a Tom Brady game face. I really didn't really check how much it was worth because it is a Patriots card. So now it's kind of like a uh, uh, like a relic, I guess, if if you want to call it that. But um, the three big cards that I got, well, really four big cards I got, was a uh, another Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen Hurts cards worth about twenty-five to fifty bucks, no matter where you look. Um, it is a gold outline Jalen Hurts rookie card, um, so I was kind of happy with that, uh, as he is a, a Philadelphia Eagle now. Um, and then I got uh, hey, Brandon Ayuk. Hey, Mike. Sorry to interrupt. But, what we got? Uh, Giancarlo Stanton just went yard. Did he really? He did. One, I hate my life. Two nothing Yanks. I hate my life. But you got some awesome cards. Continue. Fuck these cards. <laughs> <laughs> I can guarantee that was something like what five thousand to one or something. It was probably higher than that, but I would have got good good odds on that. Um, and once I, this I comes, I don't out, think it was. I don't think it was that high. I, I think you maybe five hundred to one, something yeah, like that. But if if I remember, it was like plus two twenty or something like that. So it wasn't. Yeah. While I'm talking about these next couple of cards, if you want to go and put uh, put me out of my misery and tell me it was only plus two twenty, I'd be happy uh, about that, Tom. But uh, the next one I'll talk about is a Brandon Ayuk card. That, that again is a gold outlined rookie card. I didn't really find a price on that, so I was kind of happy with that. So that's why I'm going to talk about it. Um, the, the last gold card I'll talk about is a new England Patriots gold huddle up card with Tom Brady in there, obviously. Um, so this one was already worth about 10 bucks and it literally just came out. Uh, so those, those I was kind of happy with. Now I was really looking for Eagles cards. Now I got Jalen hurts. That was it until I pulled this card. Um, it's not really worth that much right now. Um, but it is a very cool card because I'm an Eagles fan. Um, I got a freshman flashbacks card from score um, from 2013. Uh, now this player put up some great numbers, put up um, 36 catches while still being behind um, uh, Brett, uh, Brent Selleck. So it was still an awesome, awesome year for this rookie. And obviously I'm talking about the best, no matter what Madden has to say about it with that, Asinine 90 rating. Um, I know we talked about it last week that he should probably be a 97, and I think the entire world agreed with us because everybody was up in arms of how low Zach Ertz was rated. So th this freshman flashback card I showed Tom before we jumped on here, it's a nice thick card. It does have a patch of his game-worn rookie jersey um, from 2013. doesn't say what oh, game. It just says it's worn slash used and is guaranteed by Panini America. It doesn't say what game. Uh, I'm sure I can look up number FFZE. Um, obviously, that means freshman flashback Zach Ertz. I'm sure I can look up what game it is. 
Um, but I was looking through. There's a bunch of different jerseys that they put in there. They put in a white jersey, a midnight green, which is the the version that I got. So I was really, really happy with that. Uh, and, and I'm uh, just like that. I'm back into collecting cards. I'm not going to go as heavy as I as I did, um, at least until my son um, gets into it. Uh, I, I know my nephew is into it as well. So uh, I'll bring those over once this quarantine ends. Um, and, and we are able to kind of intermingle with the rest of our family. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's something that I always liked. I do collect other things. I collect pops, all star Wars right now and sports, uh, obviously Philly sports guys as well. And those pops figurines. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a thing that I always enjoyed. I like collecting memorabilia. Um, I did find a, a bunch of the stuff that I'm going to put up in our new house that we're in the process of buying over the next few months. Uh, I, I found my, uh, my, my Brian Dawkins signed Jersey. I, I found my Nick Foles signed Jersey. Um, I got into all these things. They're called breaks. So I, I won a, uh, Chicago bears, um, signed Jersey. The guy's escaping my mind. He's a, he, I literally have him on fantasy. Um, course number 17. Uh, oh God, I can't remember his name right now, but it, it'll come to me as a wide receiver. Um, but yeah, it's something that I always like doing, um, besides the cooking and going out and getting cool beers, it's collecting sports memorabilia. So Mike, what was your, uh, favorite card? Cause I, I do have one. I wasn't as big in the card collection, but I do just have one distinct card that remember stands out from my collecting. What was yours growing up? So I had a, a Michael Jordan rookie card, not the one that was like a, a crazy amount of money, like a couple hundred thousand. I think we sold it once we pulled it out of the box. It was it was worth like five grand at the time. So that was a lot of my favorites. But I mean, growing up, I, I started collecting really young. So all of my favorite cards were always like a, a cool Eagles card that we pulled or a cool Flyers card. I must have had about even outside of Flyers, I must have had about 30 different kind of Wayne Gretzky cards. Um, just kind of hoping one was going to be worth money and none of them were, but they were cool to have. I'd like them all. Um, and I know I'm going to sound like a nerd here, but even collecting baseball cards and football hockey uh, and, and the few base, uh, basketball cards that we had, I went into collecting Pokemon cards. Um, and that was more lucrative. I, I sold my, uh, my thing of Pokemon. Uh, it was like called shadowless or something like that. They were all holographic cards. I sold them for five thousand uh, dollars for a full set, um, so I got to go to Disney World on that. <laughs> so there, there you go. It's a, it can be very lucrative, um, but yeah, it, it's just fun. It's something new. I buy a box every couple of weeks or every couple, uh, every month or so. I know a lot of the football cards are coming out next week. Um, I think the twenty fifth and the 29th are two big days. I don't know why, um, but I guess that's pretty much where. Um, like all, all the all the action pictures from those mini camps and stuff are coming out, so I guess that's why they're being released then. Uh, but this year we don't have that stuff, so I guess it'll be a, a different kind of thing. But yeah, it's something something to look out for if I pull something cool or or, or just kind of find a cool Eagles card or something something different. I'll, I'll just bring it up on the podcast. But for me, it's nostalgia. Uh, it's nice to kind of walk down that memory lane. Something I did with my father, uh, and maybe some of you guys out there did the same. So I know for me, uh, my card that I recall was a uh, Pavel Bure a hockey uh, rookie nice. card that at the time was worth uh, $20 when I got it. And, nice. uh, I held on to it and thought, hey, this is going to be worth even more in the future. 
but couldn't tell you where it's at at this point. So probably yeah. somewhere buried in a box um, at some point. But yeah, I have all of my cards still somewhere. Um, I know they're in a. Uh, my mom has most of them. They're in. They're in one of those uh, storage units. But I have a couple boxes here. I'll I'll look through them and see what I have. I know I have a couple Reggie White cards floating around there. Um, but I'll I'll definitely uh, go hunting for those and and. Do the uh, do the honors on the podcast and let everybody know what I found. So, Mike, you definitely mentioned a lot of players uh, for different cards. I wonder if any of those players will be playing for teams that are maybe going through a little bit of a name change or some new teams. We had a quite a few uh, changes to team names uh, that happened. Like, what's in a name uh, seemed to be the theme, at least of uh, today. So I think the first one, we'll touch on it briefly, uh, the team formerly known as the Redskins uh, yep. decided that they were going to call themselves the Washington Football Club uh, for the season. So, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on the uh, ingenuity of that name? And two, do you think any soccer teams are going to be disappointed that the Washington ripped off the football club uh, theme to the name? Oh, I can think of one that I'll talk about after this because there's a brand new team. Well, brand new team in 2022 um, in the MLS. But uh, you know what? I think people were even calling the Redskins the Washington Football Club or the Washington Football Team or the team that plays in Washington for the last four or five years. So you know what? I'm kind of used to hearing it. Uh, I knew that this wasn't going to be something that was going to happen overnight. They, they weren't going to think of a name and, and vote on it and have all that stuff all wrapped up by the season. So, you know what, they, they should just take a while. Um, it, it probably was time to let go of their previous name, but you know what, it, it's whatever to me. I, I'm not really, I'm not really bothered by it being the, the Washington football club for, for their foreseeable future. And it might not even be just for this year. It might might be for the foreseeable future, the, the way that organization runs their uh, runs it. But, you know, it, it's whatever. I'm fine with it. I'm just glad it wasn't the previous name because I, I do believe that it was a time was time to uh, to change it. Yeah, I just think it speaks to the overall ineptitude of this entire franchise that, uh, you know, changing the name is not like something that's been kind of thrust on them just in the last couple of weeks. Obviously this has been a hot topic for a bunch of years now. So to f the fact that you don't have a plan B in the event that, Hey, in case of emergency break glass and you don't have a team name lined up and you're still, you know, there, there's stories about the patent, uh, patent troll that's out there and, and sucked up a bunch of team names to go along with Washington. I mean, the fact that you didn't have this under control, I think, just speaks to the overall ineptitude of that franchise. And I know we won't go into it uh, too much in this episode, but there's other stories that came about out about that franchise. That is just a mess of a franchise in the NFL. But Mike, to put it lightly. <laughs> hopefully a franchise that doesn't have the same fate as the Washington football club is the new NHL team. Uh, that will be debuting with the 2021-2022 season. Uh, Seattle was awarded a franchise and came out today that they've uh, picked their team name, and it's the Kraken. So, Mike, what are your thoughts on 
the Seattle Kraken taking over the Pacific Division and the Western Conference? Well, I, I have something. Uh, I, I'm not too sure if it's going to come out very, um, very well over the over the uh, the computer. But I'll tell you one thing: it's probably time. Great Zeus, below on Earth, it is now the eve of the longest day. Time to release the Kraken, Tom. And I hope and I pray to God when the Flyers play their home opener in 2021-2022, that's who, that's who I, I, I have the Flyers playing out there. I hope they come out every game, every home game, to release the Kraken. Because I think that's an awesome name for a franchise. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. I, I, I'm not a big fan of the S with, like, the, the funky eyes and the mouth. I think they could have done a lot better. Um, with their logo, uh, but I do like the name. I, it's 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 quirky. It, it's funky, kind of like Seattle is. Um, I, I do like that they stayed with the with like the the tealish and dark blue kind of a color. Um, the, the the Mariners have that, and the, the Seahawks to a certain extent have it as well. So yeah, I think it's a cool, fun name. I mean, there's really not much else to say about it. Yeah, Mike, if they do come out with uh, release the crack, and I hope their audio is a little bit better in, in the uh, – I think that movie climate, was from, climate, like, Climate Arena than, than that YouTube video you just played. But has uh, to be from at least 1957. <laughs> that, that movie was, uh, was definitely uh, maybe just as old as Zeus was, as he was the person saying release the Kraken. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool – Cool name, cool thing, um, cool color scheme. It'll be uh, cool to see a new team coming up in the NHL. And I'll tell you what, I absolutely love it. And for one major reason, obviously, I think it's cool. It's not been done in any of the other uh, franchises that I'm aware of in professional or college sports. So it's definitely something new. Uh, I agree. I like the color scheme. I'm not a. I'm actually a fan of the. Uh, of the logo. I think it, I like it. It's simple. And I think it'll just, you know, kind of pop. It's not overly cartoonish or anything like that. Very simple. But Mike, the main reason why I absolutely love it is because for some reason I am obsessed with team names that don't end in S. So Orlando magic, the Miami heat, the Utah jazz, you got the avalanche in hockey. I think there's another hockey team. Uh, Who else? Who am I thinking of? But uh, it's escaping just, my mind. I just love the fact that uh, oh, the Minnesota Wild—that's who it is, Minnesota Wild. And the but, uh, how about the Lightning too? Tampa Bay Lightning. There you go. There's another one. I just love the fact it's one of those little weird idiosyncrasies of sports that you have the team name that doesn't end in S. I don't count the White Sox or the Red Sox. That's just has the sound. You're putting an X there instead of, you know, it, it's still the sound. I, I, but I do dig the not having the S at the end of the name. I don't know. Something weird that I like. Seattle Kraken, I'm all for it. Release yeah. the Kraken. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So it's Mike, nice to I see these, these teams. Uh, they're not the teams, the, the sports, uh, the, the major sports getting new teams in. And 
this time the, the Flyers don't have uh, Andrew McDonald that, that we're going to hope that the uh, the Kraken take. We, we have pretty decent salaries now. So it's, uh, that's one thing we don't have to worry about this time. Yeah, we're going to have to lose somebody, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I hope it's not. Uh, I hope it's not the person we'll talk about in a couple seconds. Yep. But they are uh, scheduled to play in 2021-2022. I know uh, that seems to be still on schedule, but some of the MLS teams uh, got pushed back. Uh, the new yep. franchises there, but Mike, you wanted to single out a name for one of those new franchises in particular that maybe is not as great. Yeah, that's that's Charlotte FC. Uh, they're going to join the M- MLS in 2022. Um, I, I just think they could have done something better than Charlotte FC. I mean, it seems like for the last couple years, even Inter Miami CF, like that's that's like that's too much stuff to say, and it, it, it's not original to me. Charlotte FC, not original. Cincinnati FC, not original. Minnesota, I think Minnesota is either FC or CF. Uh, I, I just think they're all boring names. Like, come up with something like, like the Philadelphia Union. Like, I mean, it's 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 not as boring. I mean, it is a little boring, but at least it has the team's nickname in there. DC United. Uh, teams like Philadelphia that. Philadelphia Union, they, another one without an S. I love it. They, there you go. I didn't even think about that one. But most of the teams in in, in MLS don't don't have a. Uh, the the next one I was going to bring up is the Houston Dynamo. Uh, so it, it it's a it's a bunch of cool names, but but I I feel like these the MLS all these new teams are coming up with very boring names and very boring crests. Like if you looked up the Cincinnati FC um, crest right now, it looks like something I put together in like thirty seconds in paint. Like it is terrible looking. It's literally. Just a, just a, a circle crest with since uh, with um, Charlotte and then FC uh, below it with some kind of like crest that I could have found on uh, on on Google Image search. But yeah, it's just not a great name. It's very boring. Um, their their uh, their intro uh, was was pretty boring uh, until it got to the part where uh, where Ilcino, um he's one of the uh, Best players on the Philadelphia Union was kind of uh, mentioned, like in there. Like uh, to me, it was kind of tampering uh, almost. I kind of kind of hinted at wanting El Seno because he's a magician, um, things like that. But the rest of the, the video was a snoozer. Um, cool to be kind of the the only other team in there as the Philadelphia Union, but uh, somebody they gotta they gotta hire some creativity people in these new MLS franchises because their names are god awful. Yeah, certainly, uh, and while they're hiring them, maybe the uh, former team formerly known as the Redskins can uh, hire one of those as well. Yeah, that's certainly not uh, being snatched up by that team. Mike, anything else on the team names? No, I think that's it with the team names. All right, let's go rapid fire. A couple other topics. I'm going to start with you, Mike. I don't know if you saw the news article Uh, That came out a couple days ago. It was out of Poland, and the team was the Motor Lublin. Now, there's some, maybe some fake news out there, whether it's a soccer team or if it's a motor speedway uh, competition. But uh, we all know that with everything going on in America with the four major sports, no fans are allowed in the stadiums. And that's 
pretty much uh, through most of Europe as well. But the fans of Motor Lublin uh, did something unique in order to be able to watch their favorite sport. Uh, they rented 18 cranes, lined them up outside the stadium, and jacked them up as high as they could. I mean, there were some that were fully fledged because, you know, the poor, there was one poor guy. If you see the pictures on social media, the one poor guy was stuck behind a tree. So he had to, he had to crank it up the, you know, the man lift uh, pretty high up above the tree. But we're able to watch their sports from the man lifts. Mike, what are your thoughts? And do you think we'll see that this season with the Eagles? I will definitely see it with the Eagles. I thought you were going to go right to the Phillies, but that that's cool. That's that's the coolest thing I heard all day. But yeah, that, that, that's awesome. That's some ingenuity right there for you. They, they were probably drunker than a skunk in, in in their local pubs out there, and they said, "You know what? I'm going to order 18 cranes. Who's with me?" And then they got a bunch of people to go in with them and got to go watch whether it be a soccer team or or cars race around the track, whichever. It, it actually was. I, I think it's ingenious, and, and you will for sure see it um, on Sundays if there's uh, no fans allowed at, at the Eagles um, stadium, and I'm sure it'll be shut down before it even gets off the ground, but people will definitely try. Um, that, that, is a, that is a for sure uh, in my book. I just envision if you think about driving 95 south, passing the stadium, cars lined up on the side of 95 almost like it's the airport lining up and trying to look in that little gap just to see if they can get a glimpse of the game i you know it's going to happen with eagles fans you know obviously uh you know the the polish fans made me proud they they almost met the enthusiasm that we have here with the eagles fans but mike major question for you something i thought about when you're up in that man lift and you're however feet high yeah. And, and you're probably enjoying the enjoying the match, enjoying the race, whatever. There's dispute out there as to whether it was soccer or uh, yeah. a motor speedway. I think Poland has a motor speedway team, motor leveling, and a soccer team, uh, motor leveling. Not too many people on Twitter, I guess, can read Polish to really get the full story. But <laughs> anyway, you're that high. You're drinking beers, enjoying your sport. What do you do to go to the bathroom? You just piss right off the side. Just hope nobody's under you. <laughs> I'm sure we've done worse tailgating uh, at Eagles games. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure I pissed in the line going up. Uh, I'm sure I, I went on the side or did, did whatever at the at the vet. But uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, you paid all that money. You better hope nobody's going to walk out there. You just just go ahead and let it rip off off the side. At least hope the person underneath you is not bigger than you, right? That's for sure. Either that or knows how to operate the crane and knocks you off of it or brings you down to uh, to whoop your ass. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, another thing I've seen, speaking of uh, interesting ways to get fans in the stands, uh, I guess this came out either yesterday or the day before, um, the Phillies, our home team, they're, they're basically selling seats, selling tickets for seats for, I don't know if it's for a game or if you get it for like a, a series or if it's for the rest of the uh, home games this season, but you can have like a big cardboard cutout of your head put on a, uh, put on a seat. I think for season ticket holders, it's like $25. Uh, and for the general public, it's like 40. I know they're giving um, first responders and, and all our uh, healthcare workers out there. They're giving them uh, 
first dibs and it's for uh, for free and all the money is going to be uh, basically distributed to uh, to a bunch of charities, which I think it's a pretty cool thing. I mean, if you the the all the all the different cameras they have go go pan out, and then you see our my fat mug out there, or or you see Tom out there, or you see like uh, my my son or my wife or whatever. I think that'd be pretty cool. Do you think Murph is going to go out into the stands and interview the cardboard cutouts? Oh, for sure. And I, I hope they come out with a way that they can have like a, a screen and a couple of them that you can like FaceTime the person or, or they have some kind of button that, that Murph pushes and it FaceTimes a phone or whatever and does like a live interview. That would, that would be awesome. That would be worth the 40 bucks because you're sitting there watching a Phillies game and Murph walks up to your uh, person and uh, hits the button and here's a phone call from the Phillies and you do some kind of interview watching the game and I know teams are good with that stuff, so maybe that'll happen. Uh, maybe if the uh, the Phillies brass is watching this, maybe uh, maybe they can uh, do that and just uh, just shoot the charity over over our way. Yeah, there you go, Mike. But that reminds me of another topic I do want to bring up, and I want to talk about the Phillies' new general manager, team president, mm-hmm. and that's Bryce Harper, because <laughs> Bryce Harper. I guess when you sign for 13 years, 330 million, you do become the voice of the franchise. And he's mm-hmm. been very outspoken over the last couple weeks about the direction that the franchise is going. Uh, so I think the first comment he made, obviously we know when uh, very vocal early on about uh, Mike Trout. We know that. I think he even acknowledges that was kind of pie in the sky, but at least trying to push the franchise to think big like he was promised. He has played a very active role in the uh, sign JT movement. I know we talked about it uh, a few episodes back where, you know, JT hit a home run in, in summer camp and Harper yelled out, sign him, you know, yelling at the front office to do it couple other things that came up. One still related to JT Real Muto. Obviously, uh, Mookie Betts signed a huge contract uh, with the LA Dodgers. Uh, Bryce Harper uh, came out and basically used that as a way to then get out to the public that the Phillies need to do something for JT. So definitely there. And then also uh, another story where uh, he made comments that he believes that Spencer Howard top Phillies prospect has lightning stuff needs to be on the roster by game six, obviously game six, because uh, after uh, the first five games, the vesting of a season, no longer counts. So he at least understands the desire to kind of, you know, save that season under the current collective bargaining agreement. But Mike, the fact that he is championing so hard for JT, now he's coming out and saying which rookies should be forming the rotation for the Phils. What do you think of new team president Bryce Harper? Doing a better job than Clintech has so far. Um, I, I know he said uh, he a couple days ago. He said uh, I, I was brought here to uh, to hit home runs and play a good right field. Um, he said he he didn't talk to to management about his uh, about his antics. But that statement to me tells me that that management may have had a word or two to say. Um, to Bryce Harper, but uh, I'm going to hold off my comments on JT because I'm trying not to get pissed off. I kind of want to go upstairs and have a couple more beers and watch uh, meaningless, well, not meaningless baseball, but meaningless baseball 
um, to me, not not having the Phillies on. Uh, but it is very meaningful because uh, these are teams in, in the Phillies division, um, especially with the Nationals playing. Um, but I am going to talk about Spencer Howard. Uh, I'm going to talk about him later in the bet segment as well in hit. Um, and, and I think he's right. I think he should be up here by game six. I think a lot of people think he should be here by game six. Um, and I think management thinks he'll be here by game six. I, I do think he'll, he'll be starting uh, what's game six, the, the, the series finale against the Yankees, I believe. Um, so I, I do think he'll be, uh, he'll be starting that game. Um, if not game starting game six, he'll definitely be starting game seven. Um, I, I think that is a, uh, a very big possibility. Um, and, and it's such a big possibility in my mind that I may have put money on it. Oh, very, that's good to hear. Yeah. I definitely think, I hope, uh, if we do not see Spencer Howard as part of this rotation, you know, we, you know, we know Noah Wheeler, Arietta, pretty formidable three. After that, Vinny Velo. Don't, don't be, don't be hating on Vinny Velo. He looked like a Cy Young Award uh, candidate against the Yankees a couple days ago. Maybe <laughs> struck I'm out, wrong. struck out my boy Stanton twice. Yeah, and then gave up a bomb. But yeah, and, but that and was, what was and what was the weirdest exhibition? That was that's a whole other. Uh, topic there but yeah I do expect uh and I think it's a serious disappointment in a season like this where if you have somebody that is ready to be stepped up for uh the major leagues we do not bring uh Spencer Howard uh up to start this season yeah and I think or, it's gonna happen not start the season but to at least come in I guess game six or seven depending upon what it is uh I, I think he would definitely be a formidable addition to uh, the rotation, Mike. I, I just want to I want to touch on something real quick before yep. we transition off the Phillies. I know we told everybody that we were going to do an episode similar to what we did with the draft. If you remember, probably one of our our top episodes in terms of listens and and you know kind of ratings on it. We did an episode about uh, taking the Eagles draft picks and, and lining them up with beer drafts uh, picks. You know, certainly. We're going to do the same for the Philly starting lineup. I will admit it has been hard uh, to really come up with a beer that encompasses the entire lineup. Uh, just because I think with the draft picks, it was easier. You, you just use one little, uh, you know, nugget about them that you heard, especially those late round picks, one little nugget that you know about them, like speed, Gled's walking speed. So we just went down the speed route. Just knowing these players day in and day out and knowing how nuanced they are and, and really it's tough to re- – it's it's a little bit tougher to have a beer uh, to match each of these uh, players. But we will come uh, check the uh, – definitely wherever you are subscribed. Uh, we are going to probably drop something on Sunday or Monday where we will do our special episode. We'll have a few Phillies games in at that point. Uh to go through that weekend, uh, we'll discuss the Phillies lineup, and hopefully we're recapping a, a series sweep of the Marlins, uh, and we will recap the Phillies lineup as beers, not just the lineup. We'll probably go through the rotation, maybe some bench players, but I, I'm looking forward to that episode. I got about half the work done. I have some great ideas, uh, so I know I'm trying to bring it for the listeners out there, Mike, and I know you are too. Yeah, for sure. It'll be a fun episode. I enjoyed the uh, the Eagles draft one, and like we said, it was all about speed. Speed me up back then is what we called it. But, uh, yeah, it'll, it'll be fun. Uh, it'll be uh, be interesting to see uh, 
if we kind of go similar. I think this time, last time, I think we kind of went through and told each other what we were thinking. I think this time we're going to go cold and just kind of react, uh, react live for you guys and, and see if uh, anything kind of matches up between, might not be the same beer, but maybe the same style of beer between uh, Tom and myself. Yeah, that sounds good. I like that. That's sweet. All so, right. Anything, anything else as we wrap up Philly's conversation? No, I think I'm chopping at the bit to get to my next, our, our next uh, conversation. And which one's that, Mike? I think, uh, I think now it's time to talk about the, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. Okay. Our, uh, All right. our, our Stanley Cup hopeful Philadelphia Flyers. Made a big signing yesterday. Um, th- this player has gone through a whole hell of a lot of crap um, this year. Um, not only with the COVID-19 and not being able to, to play hockey, but he also came down with a pretty rare form of cancer as well. And obviously, um, we're talking about Oscar Lindblom. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers signed him to a three-year, $9 million deal. Um, so it's worth $3 million a year if you can do uh, simple maths out there. Um, I can do some simple maths like that. Uh, so it is awesome to see. Now, that was cool news. That was awesome to hear. Now, the second part of that conversation that um, the Flyers GM had um, with the uh, media yesterday was Oscar Lindblom is going to join the Flyers in the bubble up in Canada, not only as, like, moral support and be there as a teammate, but he's going to be a part of the 31-man roster, and he has a chance to play. Wow. That is absolutely crazy news. This guy went through some – basically experimental um, cancer treatments and he got all this, uh, all the chemo and went and lost his hair to, to the whole nine yards, really hardcore. Not only doing that, he stayed in shape, stayed skating a little bit, but now his doctors, the team doctors, basically everybody he can talk to has told him he can ramp up his program and possibly, uh, possibly uh, play this year. Um, and that news is absolutely amazing to me. I don't know about you, Tom. Yeah, I, I think the early talks were maybe he was still uh, 18 months away. So the fact that uh, he has progressed to this point, I think, is uh, phenomenal and just a great story. Just a great story. I mean, even before everything happened, you knew he was a you know just a great guy in the clubhouse. Uh, so the fact that or the the dressing room, sorry. Switching back from baseball. That's what happens when you go rapid fire. You get your 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 uh, locker room's uh, names confused. But, yeah, great to hear it. And great, you know, if he can do it safely and everything is safe and, and he can be successful on the ice, then I would absolutely love to see him uh, on the ice. But even if he doesn't make the ice for this thing, because the Flyers are healthy, they're stacked, they're ready to go, for the most part healthy, we'll touch on that a little bit. But – it would be uh, at least good to see him as part of the bubble, and hopefully uh, he gets an opportunity to raise the Stanley Cup at the end when they're in uh, – I guess Edmonton is where the finals are going to be. Yeah, I mean, it, it, at this point, I would expect him and and uh, Nolan Patrick to be the only two Flyers um, not fit to play. Um, and I think that's a good thing. I think if these guys, uh, especially Nolan Patrick, uh, with his uh, the the whole concussion and migraines and re re uh, what do they call it with the concussions re re 
reoccurring symptoms or whatever. I think they have some other fancy word for it, but um, it'll be good to get these guys healthy, get them get them right for uh, for the new uh, new season come uh, like Christmas time ish, uh, New Year's Day ish, whenever they're thinking about starting it again. But if he plays and he plays at a high level where he can be a force on that second line, which is where he belongs, in my opinion. Uh, it might be one of the greatest Disney movies down the line that we've ever seen. <laughs> that's, that's what I'll say. <laughs> uh, but moving on um, to a, uh, a, a a crazy issue that happened during the uh, the orange and orange and black scrimmage a couple days ago um, is uh, Carter Hart, and he played the first half of the uh, scrimmage, and then he went into the locker room and never came back, and. Flyers Twitter blew up like I've never seen Flyers Twitter blow up before. I see we everybody seen Eagles Twitter blow up because it happens every day with the new guy who wants to be traded or, or or this guy who got released and everybody wants to sign him. I've never seen Flyers Twitter blow up like this before, um, and it's because the reporter said that he uh, Carter Hart left with some sort of an injury and nobody knew what happened. Everybody was in the dark until Elaine Vigneault said. I'm not worried about it. Um, uh, Kevin Hayes said, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it. Everybody kind of seemed like it was whatever, um, which I kind of, I don't know about you, Tom, but I kind of found that amusing. Like they kind of knew why he was hurt and why he didn't finish the game. Um, And none other than our stone cold mortal lock man, um, the, the King himself, Howard Eskin broke the news that Carter Hart's injury was related to a uh, a golfing injury. Now, I can relate to Carter Hart with a golfing injury. Um, my back does tighten up every once in a while when I when I maybe chunk it, and seems like that's what happened with uh, Carter Hart. And it is a little bit of a back twinge. Uh, he didn't practice today, but he looks like he's uh, good to go and hopefully full bore by, uh, by next, uh, what's it, uh, August 2nd? So what's that, like uh, next Monday? or a couple Mondays from now, whatever it is. Uh, so, yeah, kind of a crazy, crazy injury there. Big reaction by the fans. We were all doom and gloom. Like, I, I think I texted my one buddy. I said, why can't we have nice things? And he had no idea. Um, he, he's an avid listener to the podcast, actually recovering from the coronavirus as well. So that's uh, uh, kudos to him and still keeping up with the uh, the Flyers and Philadelphia sports. But, uh, yeah, it was it – was, uh, Big overreaction by all of us Flyers fans, which was nice to see. We really didn't have to worry about it too much, but kind of crazy how it happened, Tom. Yeah, and I, and I think that's the state of the NHL this season, right? So they've come out and said they are not going to release details about any injury, right? They don't want to tip anybody off and, and try to, you know, I think it's one thing to have an injury versus having, uh, you know, coming down with COVID-19. So they want to be sensitive to the fact that uh, – from a legal standpoint, somebody coming down with COVID-19 is different than somebody having a sports-related injury. Uh, you can go into details on that, but, if, but, but it, it is different. So I think they're taking the, the uh, stance of just not commenting on anything. So this way, there's no speculation as to whether a player is injured or a player has COVID, and they're just not saying anything. So what does that do? Anytime somebody leaves the ice early, it'll just create panic like it has. And I can understand the panic from Flyers Twitter, right? You know, if we are going to have a, you know, a legitimate shot at winning the Stanley Cup, I think we need Carter Hart 
uh, in the ice. So you worry. You're like, okay, it, did they? Because it, it kind of happened abrupt, abruptly, from what I understand. Um, you know, did did they? You know, you hear these things about tests coming back and they're delayed, right? So did they finally get a a test back from Carter Hart, and then all of a sudden it's positive, and they have to pull him from the ice immediately, and now he's quarantined for two weeks? Is it something serious? You don't know. Luckily, it's only a few back spasms and maybe not something that is completely, you know, back spasms can also be a problem for a goalie. We've seen goalies have uh, back spasms where they have to come out of games because the back just acts up on them. Hopefully, if it's a golf injury, as the King alludes to, that uh, maybe it's not as serious and just some rest and ice will uh, we'll get him back into action. But definitely, I, I can understand the feeling of why can't we have nice things? I mean, Going into this season, the Flyers were hot. You're just about to start the season, then all of a sudden Carter Hart goes down. But hopefully uh, that is not the case, and the Flyers still seem ready for – it happened with Jake Borchek too, right? Borchek, uh, you know, wasn't able to practice, and it ended up being a, a delayed test. But there was definitely some concern there as well. But happened with Couturier too. And Coots as well. So, and his wife was having a baby, and everybody f- was freaking out, thinking he had the COVID nineteen. And then his wife was just having their their uh, their son or daughter. I don't know which one it was. It's uh, nice to see. We're talking about all the sports out there. Um, I know that's uh, at least for me that that was our last sports topic of the day, unless you had something other. Um, than the Flyers to, to talk about. Any Sixers news or anything like that? I think nothing big that we can't cover in a future episode. So I'm ready if you want to take a quick uh, transition off of sports. And as we said, on the couch and Ducko, we're not just talking sports. We talk a bunch of different topics. One of the things that uh, Mike and myself were a huge fan of, and I'm sure a lot of people uh, that are listening to this podcast and a lot of people across Delco were a huge fan of, was Game of Thrones. And, Mike, there was some big Game of Thrones news that dropped this week. Why don't you tell all the listeners about it? Yeah, so there's there's been in the works, um, there's been a uh, Game of Thrones uh, prequel. There was going to be a Game of Thrones kind of in the future people were talking about. Uh, and then the one that really gained steam um, a few months back or maybe even a year back now um, – was one that was going to take place thousands of years before the realm of uh, of what we saw Game of Thrones over the past uh, 10 years um, play out in front of us uh, happen. And there wasn't going to be dragons, but there was going to be ice spiders and all kinds of crazy cool things. But uh, um, that, that got all the way to, I think, the drawing board. I think there was uh, casting even going on for that. It seems like that kind of got nixed um abruptly and we were we were all kind of waiting in the wings to see when uh, when uh, filming was going to start happening and then we were told that that's that's not actually going to uh take place um so what um george martin and 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 the new writers for for this uh the the game of thrones prequel that is going to take place kind of thought up was uh everybody was kind of enamored with uh daenerys targaryen and that whole story and, and, and there was like the, these fabled tales of the dance of dragons and, and all that stuff uh, w- with how the Targaryens kind of took control 
Um, and that's what's going to happen, Tom. Um, it's going to happen so much that we already have um, a uh, seven-episode season uh, for season one, it looks like. We have names of the uh, episodes already. Um, so we have Aegon heads to uh, Westeros. Um, then we have the uh, burning of Harren Hall, um, the invasion of Dorne. Then we have uh, Annie Targaryen. Um, the story be, uh, behind him. Then we have Megor uh, uh, the Cruel. Then we have uh, it's uh, Jaehaerys. Is it Jaehaerys or Jaehaerys? I don't know if you pronounce the J in there, but that's how we're going to say it. Uh, and then ultimately, episode seven leads into uh, to his death. Um, and somewhere in there, um, I don't know where it is in there off the uh, top of my head, but we get to see the Dance of Dragons. So we get to see how um, I'm going to guess that's probably episode one. They'll probably start off on a bang and um, how Aegon comes over to Westeros and kind of asserts the uh, Targaryen power. So, Tom, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of pumped to see it. I know there's already um, some sort of filming or casting that has taken place. Lots of secretive um, information behind this one, but lots of cool information. Even Even better, we actually have names of the episodes, numbers one through seven. Yeah, so are those are those the actual ep- names of the episodes, or is that just kind of the story in general? I didn't know. I think I that's saw- the story. Uh, that's what we'll see. I'm sure. I mean, Invasion of Thorn is kind of a boring episode name, so I'm sure they'll have something for uh, for episode three or part three is what they're calling it. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, there's at least that sort of background um, sort of name for it. So yeah, it's. Uh, bunch of different things maybe a name maybe just the background but i think for for all intents and purposes it's probably just the background information for each um each episode coming up yeah because i almost thought that was how almost the i didn't read that as this just season one i thought that was almost how the entire uh series was going to go but obviously uh i am fired up for this i do think it's a fascinating story that they touched upon uh, briefly in the show, the history of the Targaryens, obviously um, we see Daenerys and, and there's some, you know, kind of a, allusion to the, the Targaryen uh, family, but the whole concept of, you know, they came over from Essos to Westeros, conquered the entire land so that uh, the Targaryens were the kings of the seven kingdoms at one point. And just understanding that dynamic, the interplay with dragons and, you know, a lot of the, the inbreeding that I guess happened with, with that family and how they became, you know, you know, essentially mad, right? There was the Mad King, and I don't think I'm spoiling Game of Thrones for anyone at this point, but, you know, then Daenerys becomes mad. Yeah. Sorry if that's a spoiler alert and you're, you know, years behind at this point. But uh, I do think it's a fascinating story. As I understand, the books have a little bit more detail on the – uh, Targaryen family. So I think before the show comes out, I can't wait until 2022. I'm going to actually go back and read some of the books with a specific focus on the Targaryen family to hopefully uh, that uh, adds to my, uh, you know, the entertainment value I get from the new series. But I know a lot of people are down on Game of Thrones and yes, the ending is certainly not what I wanted either, but some reason you hear the news, you get juiced up again. I know we had the opening song on the podcast a few weeks ago that got the juices flowing. I'm, I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, uh, you know, we, we get another shot. I hope uh, Benioff and Weiss are not involved. I feel like uh, they really 
kind of took the show down towards the last couple seasons. I think they just had a, an apathy uh, towards the show. So hopefully there's a fresh crew of uh, writers and, you know, George R.R. R. Martin's maybe more uh, involved in it. So hopefully we get a, a product that is what we've expected from Game of Thrones, maybe the first seasons and not what we got uh, the last couple episodes. Yeah, so now that I kind of read that again from Game of Thrones facts, now when I seen seven episodes, I just automatically thought, thought that was the first seven episodes. But yeah, you're probably kind of right on that, Tom. They're probably, uh, the way I see it now, um, they, they can probably break it into like three seasons, maybe four if they stretch it. Um, but this this series um, that's coming up has more of a, a, finite, a finite timeline because um, there, there's an ending that we already know happens, um, that, that the Mad King gets killed um, by Jamie. Um, and that, that's kind of where, where, this, where the, the Game of Thrones that everybody know and loves kind of kicks off, and we hear a lot about that. So there's, there's a starting point and an ending point. Now, the, the uh, Game of Thrones facts guys, they, they have a, a podcast as well. Um, so they have seven parts that they broke down the Targaryen history into. Um, so, so they can maybe get three episodes, uh, three, um, three seasons out of it. If they kind of sit there and stretch it out, uh, maybe over uh, seven episodes a season. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a, a lot of play in there. Um, I, I am going to go back. I am going to pick up uh, uh, this Patreon um, for Game of Thrones facts and kind of listen to all that. Um, get a lot of background information. Uh, I am going to go back and read the books as well over the next couple of years um, and, and get myself even more pumped up uh, for the return. Not as we knew it, um, but a story that I did want to uh, learn a lot about and maybe watch as a show or a movie. Um, we are going to get to see that um, play out in front of us on HBO, most likely. Um, I'm not too sure who's picked it up yet, but I would imagine HBO would have first dibs on that. So I am very, very excited for that, as I know you are, Tom. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, you mentioned that the invasion of Hall. So Hall was obviously, I think, in the early seasons, a part. Uh, if, if you remember back in the show, the Lannisters had taken Hall, and that's where uh, Tywin Lannister had met with Arya, and Arya was still acting as the servant for the Lannister camp. This was still during the Lannister uh, Stark Wars in the early seasons. But they touched a lot about how Hall was haunted and that the fact that uh, it was invaded and then the haunting really kind of caused the Targaryens to leave. So I'm kind of fascinated by that a little bit. They didn't touch upon it a lot in the show, but uh, seeing how the Targaryens take that, does, does that lead to part of their madness? Uh, mm -hmm. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, maybe it's some kind of some kind of demon haunting and, and they kind of drive them mad. Um, but the, the other thing I'm excited to see is the dragons are going to be bigger and better than ever. Because if you remember early on, um, well, well, not really. I guess, I guess early on we see the dragon skulls um, at King's Landing um, in the basement there. But further uh, down in the series, I guess in episode, uh, season six or seven, we see the, the giant uh, torpedo launching thing that they, they, they kill the one dragon with. I forget the name of the dragon, but... Where they, they, they shot the, uh, the first arrow through that, that dragon skull. That dragon skull is absolutely enormous. Um, so these dragons, uh, back in the days of the heydays of the Targaryen family, were bigger and better and stronger in every way. So I, 
I, I, some of the people that listen to this podcast know I was a huge fan of the dragons. Uh, I shed a tear um, each time a, a dragon died. And even when, um, who was the one that became the, the Night King's dragon? I, c- I can't remember the name off of the top of my head. The Visceron uh, or something like that, yeah. Visceron, yeah, there you yeah. go. I, I literally have him sitting right over there as a pop. Um, that's my only my only uh, Game of Thrones pop that I have. Um, but, yeah, it was uh, – I, I jumped for joy when I seen that, and then I was like, oh, man, how the heck are the good guys actually going to come out and, and defeat the uh, the army of the dead? But, yeah, it'll be cool to see the, the dragons bigger and better than ever. And, of course, uh, the whole story of how the Targaryens rose to power and eventually fell from power. You ready, Tom? Let's go. Let's do I it. think I'm ready. Last week, guys, um, I don't know if I did too good. I think I might have went three for five off the top of my head. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but uh, I'm hoping this week we do we do a little better. Do, do we have our numbers in front of you? I do not, but we were telling the listeners, we were pretty straight up last week. We were we were not feeling the betting week last week, so hopefully yeah. a lot of the listeners faded. I think the one bet that I had, I took Man City minus the one and a half. That ended up cash, and I think that was one of the only bets that I had that I ended up putting reasonable money on. The other bets I just did, little tiny bets. I'm feeling better about my bets for this week, Mike. But, Mike, I know you are coming out strong with the start of the baseball season. What do you got? Yeah, so la- last week I did pretty good. I had Aston Villa um, to to beat Arsenal. Uh, might not have had that, actually. But you know what? Whatever. Um, we're we're going to move on to, to baseball. Um, uh, I'm probably not going to have any uh, – soccer betting until the next season starts because that to me it's done there's only two more uh two more games left for basically everybody so like i alluded to i have a lot of bets uh coming up today and i'm going to tell you every single one of them i'm not telling you you should do them i'm telling you i'm doing them because i feel pretty strongly about some of these um i will start off i do have the phillies uh to win every single game um, against the uh, the Miami Marlins uh, this weekend, starting tomorrow. Um, I did not do them in a parlay. I did them separately. I think they're all pretty much the same um, somewhere around uh, the Phillies m- minus one and a half. I did the, uh, the run line for each of them. Um, so it's usually the Phillies minus one and a half, and you're getting like, uh, like plus 110-ish somewhere in each of those games. So. That that's my that's my bets of the week. Um, straight, simple, easy. Phillies to win each game. Hopefully, you get two out of three. I feel like they'll sweep each game. Uh, I believe the Phillies were one and a half in each of the games, and I got them all at that point. Now, I don't, Tom. Do you want to do your uh, do your weekend bets, and then I'll get into my futures after that. Yeah, certainly. So uh, real quick on my bets, I have two bets that I feel pretty comfortable about. One's going to sound familiar. Uh, I took at least for Friday's game, the home opener, I took the Phillies minus one and a half runs. I think they come out and they're pretty strong against not a great Marlins team. So I think you can bet that game. I think you can bet it with the spread. I'm still back and forth on the over under on that one. Um, I think it was sitting at an eight, which seems to be, kind of the sweet spot there 
So, but I'm definitely feeling Phil's minus a run and a half there. I did take a little bit of a speculative bet. I did get uh, first player to hit a home run for the Phillies. Mike, what do you think of this one? At five to one odds, JT. Love I, think it. He, I think he comes out plus 500 on the FanDuel app. I think he comes out. He proves that he's deserving of a contract. He is the first player to hit a home run. I think uh, Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins are the favorites. If you even remember last season, Andrew McCutcheon was actually the first player to hit one for the Phillies. So Yeah, we were there. We were absolutely there. I think you could, you know, I would lean towards more towards – And then he went to the bathroom. And who hit a grand slam? I think uh, – man, who did hit that grand slam? Was it JT? escaping me right now was it jt yeah. or what i think it was jt i definitely remember the game getting blown apart as i was uh waiting in line at the citizens bank men's room but for sure uh so i like jt in this game going against this former team five to one odds a good value play something to play for against his favorite against his former team with uh the contract looming sign jt because he's going to hit one tomorrow night my third and final bet. I'm going to go back to soccer, Mike. I'm going to go back. We're going to wrap up the Premier League this weekend. Uh, there's a big match for placement. That's Chelsea against the Wolves. Now, Chelsea has not looked great in the last couple of game matches that they've played. So the value on the money line right now is minus 120. That's almost, you know, standard VIG. Uh, for a win a little bit higher than stand, the standard 110. But Chelsea has something to play for. If they do not win, uh, they risk – the difference could be uh, Champions League versus Europa. So I think Chelsea is going to come out uh, with a focus on beating the Wolves. I like Chelsea, minus 120 on the money line to beat the Wolves. I'm also a uh, big week for the Spurs uh, this week. They need to beat Crystal Palace, who has uh, – really struggled since coming back to, to resume play. Uh, they're lucky they were a little bit higher up in the table, or otherwise they'd probably be facing relegation the way they played. I also like the uh, Spurs to win that game, but I'd probably parlay that with another share for Chelsea. That gets you plus 182 odds. So that's what I'm leaning towards uh, this weekend with the bets, some Phil's action, and then uh, closing out the Premier League. I'll throw another bit in there. Man City will will score over four four goals against um, Norwich City uh, this week. Norwich just recently got relegated, and I think they uh, they're just kind of they're ready to to get back to the championship and and hopefully fight for a spot in the Prem um, the following year. So Man City to score over four goals, probably over four and a half. I would bet on that. Probably do three and a half and four and a half. Not too sure where it is on the line, um, but, but that's – I'll give you one, one bonus bet um, as, a, as opposed to everything else. But uh, I did go back to opening day last year, uh, March 28, 2019. Tom went to the bathroom. Um, it was like the uh, – must have been the, the bottom of the seventh. Um, and Tom says, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, Tom – the bases are loaded, and Reese Hoskins is stepping to the plate, and Reese Hoskins hit a grand slam. So there you go. Um, that that was that. So now 
into the infinite bets that I have for Phillies futures and MLB futures. I did throw a couple on uh, something, something that I don't know if Tom knows is out there, but I think they're they're nice to throw a, a five dollar bet down on each of them. Um, so most of these running from the bottom up are going to be five dollar bets. I didn't really go hard because some of these are pretty decent odds. Um, the first one I'll start with. Uh, I'll start with the uh, Cy Young Award winner. I am going with Aaron Nola. Aaron Nola is a plus two, uh, 2020, plus 220, 2200, two, zero, zero, however the heck you say that. The, the beer is getting to me already, but, you know, that's what it is, plus 2200. Um, I think that's how you say it. Now I got it. So I put $5 on that um, to pay out 115 Tom. So I got Aaron Nola. He was like sixth in, in line. I'm on DraftKings to win the, the Cy Young. What are, you, what are your thoughts on, on my first Phillies future? Five hours, see what happens. Yeah, definitely a speculative play. I mean, with those odds, I think the odds are there. Well, remains to be seen. I think uh, if the Phillies are – and I'm assuming I know where a lot of your other bets are going based on this initial one, but uh, if the Phillies are to go far this season, it likely is because of a Cy Young-like season out of – Aaron Nola. So I like it. It's it's speculative. It's gambling. It's not testing, but why not? Let's do it. Going out and buying a $5 scratchy, hoping to win a hundred bucks. That's basically what I'm doing with that one. Same thing with this one. Although I think this one's a lot. uh, I'm not going to say it's more of a, it's a better bet. It is a better bet. As you look at the odds, the odds are plus 1600 for Bryce Harper to win the NL MVP. Um, I did put $5 on that one. I actually went down and put another $20 on that one um, with all the stuff Bryce is saying because I think he is going to come out firing. I think he is going to come out and and actually bomb some home runs this year um, as with the next one. So the over-under for Bryce Harper to hit home runs, excluding the playoffs, is 14 and a half. I bet the over, which was the uh, pretty odds-on favorite at minus 104. Um, and then my next Bryce Harper bet, is total RBIs. I did over 37 and a half, which again um, was the favorite. I think the it might have been the favorite. Uh, it's minus 121. I think the I think under was minus 130 uh, ish, something like that. Uh, and then um, the next one I have is Bryce Harper again. Uh, Bryce Harper to hit the most home runs in the uh, in the entire league at plus. 2000. So to, to recap, Bryce to hit over 14 and a half, Bryce to win an NL MVP, Bryce to have over 37 and a half RBIs, and Bryce to have the most home runs in the entire league. Um, now, these are all $5 bets um, on DraftKings. I, I didn't parlay anything. Um, so, what do you think about my, uh, my bullish betting on, uh, on Bryce Harper there, Tom? I am actually uh, really big on this as well. I definitely, you know, obviously I, you don't go crazy on the money, but if anything we know about Bryce Harper is he has stretches throughout a season where he is absolutely on fire. We saw it last season uh, mixed in with stretches where he is a little bit cold. So what are we seeing out of Bryce Harper right now? He was on fire in the spring, has been on fire since baseball has resumed. When you're talking about a 60-game season, if he's on fire for 30, 40 games of those, that season, 
with only maybe a little bit of a lull in between, you could be looking at a extremely productive season out of Bryce Harper. If the Phillies end up making the playoffs, I do think that it is because Bryce Harper is one of the leaders in the uh, National League MVP conversation. I'm actually I'm actually pretty bullish on it. I I did a speculative bet on Bryce Harper to be the NL MVP as well. I think you're just seeing it in the spring where he has been on fire, and we know if he can just stay high, it's not that long of a season. It's not the 162-game grind. He is coming into the start of the regular season on fire, and I think it can continue. And if it does continue, he will be uh, up there for ML, uh, NL MVP consideration. And I think the other bets are just a – a byproduct of that, right? How is he yep. going to get to be MVP? Well, he's probably going to be over on – if he's MVP, he's going to be over on home runs. He's going to be over on RBIs. Uh, lead the league in home runs, I, it's possible, right? Yep. I, I think it's absolutely uh, possible that he can do that as well. So, I like it. Awesome. Uh, and you'll probably love the next three bets I have for the Phillies. Um, so I'll start with the, the first one because the first one has to happen for the second one to happen, and the second one has to happen for the third one to happen. So I'm sure you know where I'm going with this one. Uh, now, actually, it actually doesn't have to happen. The Phillies can get into the, the postseason as a wild card, but I am betting them to win the, the NL East. Um, they are a plus 325. They are uh, a third-place uh, vote getter. Um, oop, almost knocked over my computer. Um, in in uh, the NL East, but I think he, if if I think Bryce is going to win MVP and Nola is going to win the NL Cy Young, or at least be close in both of those, that I'm going to throw ten dollars um, between the two bets. I'm going to put five dollars on the Phillies to win the NL East because if both of those are happen happening, the Phillies are winning the NL East in my mind. Um, and, and I put five dollars down to to pay out twenty one twenty five. So nice, quick, easy one. Uh, now, the next one, I got the Phillies to win the NL as well um, at plus uh, 1100 So you put $5 on that. It's paying you $60 back. Um, and, and then the last one, obviously, is the, the Phillies to win the World Series, which is all of our dreams. Uh, I put a 10 spot on that one to win back $230 at plus 2200 odds. I said it right this time, and I nailed it. How do you think of that? What do you think about those three bets, Tom? Let's go Phils is what it says. There you go. Let's go Phils. I like them. I, uh, I went big on the Phillies over, actually. So I kind of the okay. same way. There's definitely, um, you know, obviously there's, you know, the, the Phillies are projected to be fourth in the NL. So I definitely think there's value there to bet them to win the uh, division. But at least it covers it if they win the division or they make it as a wild card, which I think is a very real possibility. I went big on Phillies over. It's 31 and a half. I think that's a very achievable number uh, mm -hmm. for this team, especially if you look, Washington had a few players opt out. Uh, Juan Soto just coming through that he's going to have to be out two weeks because of uh, COVID-19. That's a lot of games. So that that's definitely not a great time for this to be starting up. So mm -hmm. he is um, – you know, it definitely there is Look the at the Mets. there. Joe Girardi, you know, is a phenomenal coach. I think he definitely adds manager, I guess, not coach, but definitely <laughs> adds a uh, uh, an element to this team where I think he is going to account for a few wins itself. So I, I like it. I went over thirty one and a half. I'm trying to hedge everything there, and, and I yeah, went that's a that's a good there, that's a good one as opposed to taking the few bets on everything, but. 
hey, I'll take my winnings once the Phillies make the playoffs. I'll take my winnings from my over bet and roll that into my World Series bet at that time. For sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, but, I mean, even if you look at the Mets, um, they, they have a lot of pitching problems now. Um, they, they have a lot of injuries at the starting pitching uh, uh, spot. And, and you know what? That, that only bodes well for the Phillies. I know it kind of sucks to, to glorify another team's injury and really say, oh, yeah, it's really going to help my team. But you know what? That's how it is. I mean, if, if they're starting someone who wouldn't be in the MLB uh, because of injuries, that's only going to help the Phillies' case. Uh, but but up next, uh, the one I did forgot, it slipped my mind. Um, I did talk about it earlier. I, I do really think Spencer Howard has a has a heck of a shot to be in this rotation from the sixth game on and really contribute. If you look at the way his balls were moving, uh, he was making the Phillies batters look silly. And, and you know what? Sometimes a, a rookie pitcher that has good stuff, good command, um, can really come out and maybe win the NL Rookie of the Year. Um, he is at a plus 5,000. Now, he is the long shot of long shots on, on DraftKings. I think there's only one player over or tied with him at plus 5,000. Um, but, but I put $5.23 on him because that, that's what was left on my balance when I got to, when I got to this bet. I, touched, I, went, I went ham on, the, on these uh, future bets with the MLB, and, and as you'll see in a couple, couple minutes, a couple other ones as well. Um, but I, I want Spencer Howard to win the Rookie of the Year. If I think he can come up here and contribute, that means I think he's winning games. That means I think he's striking players out. And you know what? If he can do that in this shortened season, sometimes rookie bats, they, 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 don't, uh, they don't pop all, uh, for, for a, a certain portion of the season. Maybe his, uh, maybe his arm can, can ride him to a NL Rookie of the Year and pay out Mike $266.73, Tom. How do you like that? Spencer Howard, I'll be getting his, uh, be getting his jersey. Hopefully he wears number six because I already have a, uh, a Ryan Howard jersey. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be convenient? Yeah, it really would. <laughs> Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, I, knew, I knew you were talking about how Spencer Howard should be up here, so I figured you would, you would uh, may, maybe throw a dollar on that one at least. I like it. I like it. Why not? Let's go. Yeah, yeah we're, we're all about the Phillies here. Um, so now this, these next two bets, they have nothing to do with the Phillies. Now maybe the Phillies do do this. Um, but uh, DraftKings had a couple bets on there that I thought were pretty interesting to put a, put a couple bucks down. The one I put $10 down on is a team to win 50 games or more. Um, so out of a 60-game season, they're going to win 50 games. Now, that's, that's a whole heck of a lot of games to win over 60 games. and A lot of things got to go right. And you know what? I put $10 down on it because it's a plus 6,600 um, as a yes, and I put $10 down to win $670 back. I said, you know what? Maybe a team gets hot, stays hot, um, only w- loses a game a week or something like that. Uh, maybe the Phillies do that. You know, you never know. That would be uh, that would be the dream. Um, but in order for a team to do that, they would also have to win 45 games. So I said, you know what? If I'm putting $10 on the 50-game winner, I'm going to put $5 on the 40-game winner, um, which is a plus 1,600, so a considerably less um, uh, amount uh, for for a uh, for five less wins um, at a plus 1,600. So you put $5 down, you get $85 back. Um, which is uh, that was kind of telling to me. So it kind of looks like that they they think maybe a team can win 45, but maybe definitely not hit that 50 game mark. 
to me, it almost seems like an NBA team winning winning over seventy five games again or something like that. That's kind of how it how it looks to me. It's kind of kind of improbable, but you know what? In a shortened season, who the hell knows what's going to happen, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be tough, though. I think a tough fifty is definitely tough if you think about yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's a huge number. There's just not a lot of days off in the season, so guys are going to get wear, worn down. They're going to get tired. Uh, so I think it's going to be tough. I mean, that's a if you extrapolate that out, that winning percentage out to a full season, that's 135 wins. I'm not even sure if that's mm-hmm. uh, what is the records in the 120s, right? Seattle from from you know a few years back. Is it 120s? I, I thought it was in the 120s for a 162 game season. Wow. But uh, what, did Charlie, I can, I can, what did Charlie Manuel's uh, Indians win? They had the, I thought they had the uh, the record. Maybe I'm wrong on that. We're we're pulling it up. Uh, okay. with, oh, so it was it was 116 victories uh-huh. by the uh, 2001 uh, Seattle Mariners. Uh, so the 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 Cleveland Indians that was before that. So I guess they yeah. they took over that that win. So I thought it was around the 118 mark, but I didn't want to say anything out loud. Either way, I was still wrong. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a hell of a lot of wins. But you know what? I said I'm going to put ten dollars on it. I mean, what crazier stuff has happened? I, I mean, we watched the uh, the St. Louis Blues go from last place in in January um, and hoisted the Stanley Cup in June. So you know what I said? Crazier things have happened in sports. So let's put ten dollars on them and see what happens. Um, so that's all of my future bets for the Phillies and, and MLB. Um, barring one, which is going to include a couple other things. Now, Tom has alluded to this. I have alluded to this. Um, I, I already had a bet of this on there for uh, 33 cents to win how much back, Tom? 40-some-odd thousand dollars? It was $40,000, yeah. All right, so if you jump on uh, DraftKings now, they are letting you bet the enti- entire dollar on it. Um, it's in two different bets. You can you can push it out for, for them to actually – um, approve it, and they do approve it. So the 86-cent bet for the Phillies, Flyers, Sixers, and Eagles all to win their major sports championships um, is up to um, plus uh, 1275000 No, it's even higher than that. I don't even know what the hell that number is. Plus 12751100. Tom, what the hell is that number? Because I can't think anymore. Well, it's basically a dollar will win you $127,000 if all four teams uh, end up uh, winning the championship this year, which – It's more than that because the 86-cent one is $109,000, and then the 14-cent one will win you $17,851. Yeah, so figure one ten, so $128,000 roughly. Craziness. Yes. Nuts. Absolutely amazing. And shit, I hope it happens. <laughs> if that happens, Tom, I'm renting out Disney World for a day. We're upgrading the couch in Delco. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. We're, we're getting a friggin' studio and all kinds of stuff in here. <laughs> a, a nice leather couch with some Rebarca loungers. There we go. Absolutely. We'll, we'll be doing our own couch in Delco from in a suite in Lincoln Financial Field. That's what we're going to say. We're running out every Thursday night from, uh, from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock. <laughs> 
Absolutely. So there's there's my fun bet for the day. I know the other ones they're they're really they're fun bets to me. Uh, they're very hopeful bets. Um, except the Phillies winning the World Series and all that stuff. I mean, even winning the World Series is a hopeful bet. Um, but uh, I think the Bryce Harper one's probably uh, not maybe not the MVP. Um, but the other ones I do think will happen over on home runs, over on RBIs, um, and maybe most home runs will happen too. But um, maybe two or three of those ten bets will hit, and I'll be happy. I'll, I'll be making profit if two of them hit. So that's, uh, that's, always, that's always a good thing in my book, Tom. That's the end game right there. Yeah, Absolutely. Hey, if the, the 50 game one hits, I'll be making profit for almost a whole year. There you go. <laughs> All right. Had a rapid fire episode, but Mike, we're at the bottom of the fifth. Yanks are up 4 1, so baseball is back. Let's wrap this episode up like we always do. What are you drinking tonight on a couch? Right, so I'll go. I'm going to kind of mix it up. I'm going to say what I smoked this week. Um, I did basically the normal stuff, ribs, all that fun stuff, like I said I was going to do. Um, but I made a dessert on the smoker, Tom. I made smoked cheesecake. And, boy, did it come out very, very well. Now, I probably oh, didn't let nice. it. I didn't let it set up enough. I was very, very anxious to taste it. I didn't let it get set up in the, in the refrigerator or, or we actually had it in the freezer. Um, but it was very good. You can actually taste taste the smoke flavor on it. So I was very happy about that one, Tom. Um, I, I don't know if you tried a dessert yet. I think the next one we're going to do is a cobbler. But that's what I smoked this weekend. I figured I'd get that off my chest first. Nice and quick and simple um, and easy. I'm sure I'll have something for, for next week's episode. Might even have something for Sunday's episode. You never know. Um, but what I'm drinking this week is a brand new beer um, from my favorite um, brewer down the shore. Uh, I was down the shore for this entire week, uh, and I always make a stop at almost all the breweries down there. Um, but I, I make sure I go to Slack Tide. Uh, they are 0.7 miles away from our, our trailer down there. Um, so it is a very, very, very close one. I can walk there. They came out with a new IPA. I know it's nothing special. It's just a regular IPA. Um, it's very tasty, very drinkable, very crush, very crushable at 7%. Um, it's called Jethead. It's a New England-style IPA, so it's that hazy-style IPA. Very good, very drinkable IPA. It's a nice tailgate IPA um, for those Phillies games next summer or the Eagles games maybe later on in the fall. We'll see what happens. I mean the Eagles game. Did I say the Phillies games later on in the fall? I you meant the Eagles. Eagles. I said the Eagles are right. So the Eagles games later on in the fall. It's a very drinkable um, beer. I'm probably going to give it a 3.75 for four on uh, untapped because it is drinkable. It's from my favorite brewery. I like to keep their untapped levels up there. So I, I won't, I won't knock them on it being just another IPA, uh, but it is very good. But uh I do want to talk about another beer they have. Um, it is called Stinger Hook. I, I'm pretty sure I talked about it before on here, but it did come back out a couple weeks ago, and I was lucky enough to still come up uh, with a, a four-pack. And that's another one of those beers of theirs that I get the four-pack, and I drink it right away. And I didn't do it this time. I kept it. Uh, I kept the four-pack overnight. I'm proud of myself. I had some uh, self self uh what, what do they call that not self-preservation i had some self-control 
uh, and didn't drink all of my stinger hooks, which is uh, another uh, New England style hazy IPA brewed with some local honey. Uh, it's an imperial style IPA, so it's up there in the close to 10% range. Um, so it's uh, one, if you drink four of them, you're going to be sitting on the couch watching Phillies baseball. Um, and then probably whatever the late game is, and then listening to a full episode of On a Couch and Delco afterwards. <laughs> but it's a, it's a very good beer. So, Tom, uh, let's hear what you had on your uh, on your camp, Chef, and what you're drinking today um, for our podcast. So I'm disappointed to say nothing new on the Camp Chef this week. It was kind of a, uh, a quiet week on the smoking front. So it was nice. I got to take a little bit off from uh, – cooking dinner but uh you know some you burgers and dogs in there but uh nothing else before I you get into your beer tom yeah what pellets do you use so i actually i was going to talk about that because i just switched so i have been using the competition blend okay uh, from i have used uh i am using camp chef's competition blend okay i have used traeger's i do think that camp chef's has a little bit more uh, smoke flavor than the Traeger ones. Uh, I don't like uh, the Traeger ones. But the uh, the Traegers were easy to pick up at Home Depot while I was waiting for yeah. my Camp Chef uh, pellets to come in. But I've recently switched over uh, since I'm going to be uh, probably using it as a grill a little bit more uh, upcoming than, than the smoker. I have switched over to a cherry char wood, which is a combination of cherry uh, wood pellets and charcoal uh, wood pellets, which is supposed to oh, cool. burn a little bit more efficient and give you a little bit more of a charcoal taste. So when I'm talking about doing burgers and dogs, you get that nice charcoal uh, taste to it as well. So nice. now we'll my see. favorite, my favorite pellets out there are Myron Mixon. Um, I think his his orchard blend is awesome. I think his signature blend is uh, brand is awesome. Um, not brand blend. I said it right the first time. Um, the orchard is basically just a uh, apple and peach. There's really nothing else to it. Uh, I don't think he puts orange wood in there, but he might. Um, but the the two ones I know are in there are the apple and the peach, and they go great with everything. Um, the signature blend that's hickory, um, a little bit of oak, and some apple. Um, and, and I think both of those blends are absolutely perfect for anything you want to do. Now he has everything else too. You can order it. Um, I run out to uh, to um, that's a, the, that grill store in, in Westchester to escape in my mind. They have everything out there that I need. Um, but the, those are the pellets that I like. Now I did use the Traeger ones. They're nothing special. I think they just tell you to use it because it's their brand. So yeah, I, that's, and, that's, and I think it, it doesn't do anything from a unique smoke standpoint. I'm also looking at a nope. lumberjacks are pretty good as well. I've heard high yep. reviews on lumberjack pellets. So uh, once I, burn through some of my cherry char wood i might uh get some uh lumberjack uh pellets and they have similar competition uh and signature blends as well i've seen and i think I'm, I'm lining King up I, I might be doing some uh some some crab on the on the smoker this weekend we're getting uh oh we'll, we'll see how that goes no i was down i was down the shore this week and we're south jersey people uh so i, so I went over to west side meat market or whatever the hell it's called um, and I seen those tomahawks, Tom. And I forgot to pick it up. I left. <laughs> that was my whole plan for this weekend. I said, "Oh man!" I, it was like one of those. I think it was Monday. I went. And it was like nine thousand degrees outside, and I just came from the driving range. 
and, and I had I had our son with my, my wife and my son came. So obviously, you know, when you have a two year old, you can't look for anything. Yeah. So I think I left there with uh, mozzarella cheese that I made mozzarella cheese balls and a pack of gummy worms. <laughs> that was our extent to the meat market. <laughs> The four dollar oh. gummy worms. I'm, I'm, I'm. I know West Side well. Three ninety nine. So. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, my All beer, right, Tom. Um, what are you my, drinking? My beer tonight, Mike. So I know we have talked in the past, and we'll probably talk about it in the future too. Uh, Disney. So for my beer tonight, what if I told you I have Magic Kingdom in a can? Oh uh, yeah. So what is one of the uh, when you think of Magic Kingdom and some of the food choices there? Think dessert. What is one of your go-to desserts at Magic Kingdom? Uh, waffles and ice cream. Waffles and ice cream. All right. What about the Dole Whip? Oh, yeah. I didn't think of the Dole Whip. Yeah. I'm going to sound a little controversial here. I don't count that as dessert. That's a snack. All right. Well, either way. <laughs> it's a nice cold snack that cools me down. <laughs> I, I am drinking the Dole Whip of beers. It oh. is from Levante. They have this tropical whip. It's a okay. Sunday IPA. It's brewed with pineapple, and it's a milkshake IPA with pineapple. You definitely get the pineapple flavor in there, and it has that milkshake with the lactose component to it. It is basically dole, a Dole Whip beer, Tropical Whip from Levante. It has like a 4.1 rating on, on tap. I'm right there with it, 4.25. But, uh, you know, reminisce about some of our conversations about Disney, that this uh, Tropical Whip. Sunday IPA from Levante, but I'm calling it uh, Dole Whip in a can or, or the Magic Kingdom of beers. Nice. Uh, you know, I, I've talked about it many times here. I think uh, milkshake IPAs are probably still my, my top style. Uh, I think they've been my top style IPA for at least a year now. And uh, they, they are they're very tasty. I know when we went out to Pittsburgh to watch the Phillies and, and Pirates last year, uh, we went to Southern Tier Brewer they, Brewery. Uh, they have like a little brew pub out there. Uh, and they had a, a strawberry milkshake IPA. They had a, a pina colada milkshake IPA. And I couldn't get enough of them. Uh, I just think they are a, a very tasty summery treat. Uh, I don't know if you can say that about a beer. I don't think that's ever been said about a beer, a tasty summery treat. But you know what? They are. And it also earned me my uh, level two of Shake It Up badge on Untapped. Oh, nice. I should have played the song for you, Tom. Sorry. You I, didn't know you were getting, I didn't know you were getting fancy real quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else before we wrap up tonight's episode, Mike? No, nah, Tom. I think, we're, uh, I think we kind of hit on literally everything we can hit on tonight. So, as we mentioned, we'll come back in a couple of days, really talk in depth about the Phillies. But we're just excited about baseball being back. Wanted to talk. Uh, the start of Major League Baseball and just a bunch of other topics that uh, happen throughout the week. Things are starting to move a little bit now in the sports world, and that is certainly good. So definitely uh, thank you for listening. As always, don't forget, uh, if you could, go into Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, leave a review, also five stars. We certainly appreciate it. Don't forget to uh, check us out on social media. We have the Facebook page. We're also at on Delco on Twitter definitely uh, check us out there and interact with us uh, there. But Mike, uh, next episode, we'll be coming back. The Phillies will have kicked off the 2020 regular season. And I'm certainly looking forward to it. For sure. 
All right. That's it for this week's episode. Like we said, we'll be back soon, but thank you for listening. And as always, go birds and go fighting Phil's. Sign JT. Sign JT.